Hello, and you're listening to Conquering Chaos and Mayhem. I'm today's moderator, Breck Lover, and I'm pleased to introduce the host of Conquering Chaos and Mayhem, Daryl Cully. Daryl, how are you today? I'm doing awesome, Brett. How are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. Enjoying a lot of this sunshine we've been getting lately, too. Now, we got a really interesting guest lined up today, Daryl. Fire Chief, Instructor, Fire Services Consultant, and Author Les Carpluck. Les, thanks for joining us on Conquering Chaos and Mayhem. How are you? Good morning. I'm pleased to be here. We're pleased to have you, too. So, Daryl, I'm going to turn the floor over to you and enjoy what promises to be a really interesting conversation. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, Les, great to see you on the screen. Um, hey. Give us a little bit of your, your background, because I know, um, you know, Brett's introduction was really brief. Um, just tell us, take a minute or so to tell us a little bit more about uh, your your history. Okay. <clears throat> well, I started in the fire service in 1982 as a, a young 19-year-old, if you can believe that. Oh, my goodness. I don't think we do that today. But, uh, yeah, so then I spent uh, just shy of 32 years in the city of Prince Albert. Worked my way up through the ranks. Uh, last eight and a half years as the fire chief. Retired in 2014, 2015. Jumped into, um, well, I was playing with the consulting aspect before then. But then uh, 2015, did a lot of uh, leadership seminars across Canada and the U.S. Um, for over 15 years, I've been a facilitator for Dalhousie and the uh, Lakeland College Bachelor of Applied Business Emergency Services Diploma or Degree. And also instructor for GIBC for their fire officer programs and a consultant. So that's kind of in less than a minute, less than a minute. <laughs> and you were elected uh, um, fire chief uh, for the Canadian Association of uh, Fire Chiefs or, or the the president of the association. Yeah. The, um, uh, yeah. 2009, I was fortunate. Well, blast. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Uh, to be recognized by my peers as the career chief of the year in 2009 by the Canadian Association of Fire Chiefs. Uh, pretty impressive. Um, and on top of it, four books. Five now. Five. <laughs> I've got one right here. Let's make sure that the, yeah. uh, the camera picks it up. Um, yeah. Uh, Coffee Cup Leadership, which I just read, you sent to me, and I I um, was out on vacation, took it with me, read it on the beach. Um it, you're you're making a difference. You are um, you're, you're spreading the leadership word, and that's that's your passion, right? Yeah, that's definitely my passion. It is. Yeah, you know when when I retired, I retired. You know, fact as retired a burnt out fire chief, I was done. There was no gas left in the tank, and it took me about eighteen months to to really uh, wrap my mind around what what was next, and. Um, I've always been passionate about leadership. I always have been and been studying it for years. And, and I went, you know what? Uh, it's time to put pen to paper. And the first two books were with uh, Lal Kwan. Lal and I wrote two books together and it, it was just an amazing journey. And after that, I decided to put more, more thoughts into paper on my own and uh, put, put out three more. And I've got another the last one is Coffee Cup Leadership Rules. It's actually a growth manual to go with that book. And um, I know a lot of it is is my experience where I, I won't get into details, but I'm 
I made mistakes in my career, so I don't want other people to make the same mistakes. And then I'm through my consulting and through the GIBC and Lakeland College and my leadership seminars. I meet some amazing people and hear some amazing stories. And I'm going, man, oh, man, like people need to know how to become better leaders. So I don't have all the answers. It's a journey. It, it's honestly, it's a journey. And um, it is, I'm, I'm, it's my passion. It really is. How do we build leadership into the fire services? How do we create succession planning so that we're already started on that journey? Well, funny you should ask that because I'm also just been on a committee. We had our second meeting on Monday with the Canadian Association of Fire Chiefs. They created a leadership development committee. And I think there's over 35 people on this committee from all across Canada. I only recognize probably about 25% of names, but these are go-getters, let me tell you. Wow. It's just amazing. Listen to the dialogue and the questions that are going on. And, you know, how do we develop leadership? I, th I think it, it's a culture. It's, it's, you have to believe that it's important. And, and that's why I wrote Coffee Cup Leadership. It's, it's, it's such an easy read. I, I wrote it so that people could go, man, here it is. Let's talk about this. Let's have these conversations and talk about leadership. Let's start. It's, it's no different than, you know, talking about mental health. Mental health, years ago, we used to talk about mental health, PTSD, all that stuff. But we really didn't do anything about it. It was talk. And yeah. leadership has been the buzzword for how long, but it's, it's, in my opinion, it's just been talk. So it's, it's, it's time. It's time to take it to the next level. And, and I guess why I'm encouraged by the CAFC and, and that I'm on that committee is to see the number of people in this committee. And they're brilliant. They are brilliant. They, everybody brings something to the table. So I'm excited where that's going to go. Uh, the answer isn't clear on that path yet, but it's everybody's talking about it. So that's a good thing. That's the start. That's the start. And, and reading your book, I mean, it, it's designed to be read or to share leadership over a cup of coffee. Just that's to sit down and, and have real, true heart-to-heart -heart conversations. That's 100%. You nailed it. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, it, I, I, when I was reading through it, it brought to mind one of my mentors, and he had said that to me a long time ago, being um, a manager is not about calling people into your office. It's about going to where they're working and sitting down with them and getting to know them, right? It's, in a nutshell, it's all about relationships. It really is. And, you know, so many people have used this term. I know John, uh, John Maxwell used it. Other people have used it. People don't care how much you know. They care how much, they, they want to know how much you care about them. And it's so true. It, it really is. It's so true. And when I look back, like, I, I, I don't want to be, a, you know, come across as, as in a bummer attitude. And, and, and I'm not. But the reality is, some of my mistakes were I was disconnected. And I didn't have those relationships. So when I look back at that, I'm going, and I'm always analyzing. I'm going, ah, I see it. It's clear as day. It's clear as day. I can see it now. Back then, I couldn't. You know, I'm, I'm into it. I'm thinking fire chief. I got to do this, got to do that. So my, my passion is to get out to chief officers, to get out to senior firefighters. Everybody, everybody in the fire department has a role to lead. 
in in leadership in some aspect. And so my passion is to get out to them and just talk about my message. And 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 my hope is this: that the message that I give, I can get them hungry for more and that they will get on their own journey of leadership and they will look for a mentor. They will look for some guidance. And I think if I do that, if I can accomplish that, I'm going to be a happy camper at the end of the day. That's amazing. Um, and you've been a chief of a career department. You, and you're now a chief of a, as a very small volunteer department. And what's the difference? Ooh, challenges, different challenges between the two. Yeah, night and day, for sure. Uh, I was really nervous when I applied for this position at Waska Sioux. It's a Park Canada, small pay-on-call department. And uh, coming from this, at the time, at the time, we were over $6 million budget. So that's 2014, nine years ago. Um, then in 2018, when I applied for this at Waska I mean, their budget hasn't improved. It's like $80,000. So I'm going from this 6.2 million down to 80,000 working with paid on call. It's night and day. It's a totally different game. But I mean, you have people coming to work in the career department. They're getting a paycheck, obviously. So that's their job. They're there. Um, at, at In a paid on call department, you have to make it fun. You have to make it interesting. You have to be able to identify things to these people that make it worth coming into the door so that you have bodies that are going to serve the community. So it's different dynamics for sure. But um, I, I, I use this word and I, and I always look at people's reaction when I say it, but I love it because the people I get to work with are amazing. They're amazing. They actually make me want to be there. So because they're so engaged, they're so helpful, they're always doing things. So when they want to be there, of course, I want to be there. I want to be a part of it. So then in turn, I want to do things to make them engage that they want to be there. So it's, it's, it's not a vicious circle. It's a great circle. So the dynamics are completely different for sure. So recruitment and retention of volunteer firefighters is, is probably one of the biggest challenges in the fire service today. You know, we know 85% of firefighters in Canada are volunteers. Yeah. What, what, um, what types of tips, ideas, suggestions do you have for the, the leadership in these volunteer departments to help engage their volunteers? Well, boy, there's, there's a lot. Um, I've been fortunate for the departments that I've consulted with through you and also through on my own. <clears throat> I, I tend to do more of the, the smaller paint on call departments. Um, is the chiefs are engaged. Um, most of the, most of the city councils are engaged as well, which is really, really good. So I always like to know that the chief is engaged and council is engaged because you need that. You need those political stakeholders being engaged. Um, oh, boy, it, it varies so much, so much. Little things like um, annual recognition, um, you know, having a barbecue for, for your firefighters, all kinds of little things. You know, excuse me, the, the second year, this is weird, it sounds crazy, but um, so our model in Waskis is very different. So right now, but during the winter months, the population in this national park is 50. So during the summer, it's 7,000. So we go from 50 to 7,000 in a matter of two months. 
So the, the whole dynamics, everything changes, everything. And we get a lot of uh, summer firefighters. So most of them, I'd say the majority, 95% are university students. So when I first went there, I wasn't sure that was going to go. So I'm, I'm still the guy learning this. And, but now that I've, now that I've been there, this will be my fifth year, you kind of have a system in place and it's make them have fun. It's serious business. We're doing the training MPA standards. We are a defensive department. So, but I want them to have fun. I want to build up their confidence. I want to build, encourage them all the time. And, and the, these, and I call them young people. I'm, I don't feel old, but I am old. Uh, these young people, they, they will get upset if they make a mistake. And and we keep reinforcing saying, this is the time to make it. This is where you make the mistake. It's all training. This is the learning environment. It's non-threatening. And I always, t- I always tell them when they join, it's a, I said, this is a respectful workplace. We're going to treat each other with respect. We're going to be kind to each other, but most importantly, we're going to be a team. And honestly, I can't remember by September when they're all done and they've all gone back to back to university. I can't remember a time when a firefighter, any of them haven't come up and thanked me or hugged me and told me it was a great summer because the summer does go by fast for them. It goes by fast for me too, but they're learning so much. So we have that, and that that keeps drawing them in. The attendance is amazing. And last year, I posted a picture. I, I think 80% of our department was female last year. And I've got this amazing picture with all, well, most of the female firefighters that were in attendance that day in the back of the truck, and they, they were loading holes. And I said, hey, I need a picture. So they all turned, and I took a picture, and I posted it on Facebook. I, it went viral, man. It was amazing was amazing so um i don't think that's anything i do that's for sure but it's 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 the environment it's the environment and recruitment you know there's almost a shift and this is my opinion but recruitment is hard and it but it's not just hard in the fire service it's hard and challenging all all really volunteer nonprofit organizations it just seems to be the, the sign of the times so my focus is on retaining retain them we get them in the door we need to focus on making them want to be there so i've got some things lined up for what i call my um full-time staff my staff that are actually with me year round up there um we've got some things in the works for them just little things that i want to uh do for them to show them that i appreciate them i.e give them a book give them a coffee mug give them a challenge coin uh, some little presentation to acknowledge him and let them know how much I appreciate him. And here's a silly thing. I know I'm going on the rant, but here's a little silly thing I used to do. And I haven't done it. And I, I thought, oh, man, I got to get back to this. Is um, before everybody would leave a practice, I'd do a little fist pump. And I said, nobody leaves the station until they know the trucks all be clean. Everything's all be good. And then I'd stand by the door and do a fist pump. When I'd have people walking out and they forgot to fist pump me, they'd go back in and come stand in line <laughs> to do the fist pump. <laughs> it's silly. It's silly. But but in my brain, I'm going, okay, this is good. They know that I appreciate them. So it's, it, I, we just need to know that, let let them know that that they're important to us. They're, they're our team and nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes. But, They'll want to come back. Who doesn't want to come back to an environment where you're learning, you're having fun, and you're respected? 
don't know. I think it's a pretty simple formula. Absolutely. And, and yet when the call comes in, it's full seriousness, right? It's business. It's business. It's yep. business. Yep. And they know that. They know that. They're amazing. They're amazing. That's why I say I love them. I, I just, it's, it's a very unique model. It's a very unique position to be in a resort that really is vacant, no wintertime. And the summertime turns into a small city. It is a buzz of activity up there. And there's a reason because it's beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful environment. Awesome. In your journeys, you've seen great departments and you've seen departments that need a lot of work. Yep. What, what makes a great department? I think most of what we already talked about is um, if, if the chief is forging a culture, leading a culture that embraces people, respects people, where everybody feels a part of the team, that becomes a good department. And, and, and you're right. As, as consultants, we are exposed to that. And, and it doesn't take long. I'll throw this out. I can go into a fire hall and within half an hour, I'll get a sense that, okay, this is good or this is not so good. And it just, because we've been doing it so long, you can, you can just, you can see how, whether there's pride in the equipment being cleaned, the rigs being cleaned, if there's, there's a mess on the bench and beer lying on the floor and all kinds of things, you kind of know that bad things are happening there or the culture isn't really welcoming or positive. So if the, the chief, it, it all stems from the chief. I, I really firmly believe that. The chief is the official head. He's got to lead this culture. He's got to be the one to motivate, inspire, encourage, guide, mentor, all that stuff. And if the chief isn't willing to do that, somebody else is going to step up to the plate. I call that the de facto leader. But that may or may not be a good thing. If it's a good thing, it may be that the right person is taking on this leadership role, which is okay, but it should be the chief doing that. It could be a bad thing if this person has taken on the de facto leadership is disgruntled. Then they're going to really make it a toxic environment. So it all hinges on the chief. And if people know that the chief is respectful and cares for them, cares for the organization, is politically astute, is working with the key stakeholders, people want to be involved in things like that. People always... We're, we're human. We want to go where there's good stuff happening, where there's energy and passion. We want to be a part of it. Who wants to say, oh, there's a loser department. I want to be a part of that. Sign me up. Nobody. Nobody. So I think it, if the chief sets a tone, then people will buy into it. The um, years of wisdom that you've got. Um, we were fortunate enough to, to do some uh, travel in BC and visit a number of fire departments together. Um, some that were on islands, some that were isolated in, in very remote communities. Um, and yet every one of them had people on the, the department who cared about what they were doing. Um, are we losing that as a society? Are we losing it? Or are we in the, the fact that we're finding it harder to get numbers? Or is it we haven't communicated that very well? 
Well, that's a really, that's a good question. You know, I, I'm, call me old school. I, I'm a firm believer that people get involved in the fire service because they care and they want to help others. So I, I would, I'm going to say that's 90% of the people. They, they want to make a difference in our community. But, but, but they're also, you know, the, the trend that I'm seeing now is, is a lot of fire chiefs are getting burnt out. They're getting tired. They're getting, this isn't, being a fire chief, whether it's a career department or even, I'll take a step back. It was, years ago was, okay, being a career chief, we expect you to be busy. We expect you to be doing all this stuff. A, a paid on call or volunteer chief, yeah, well, you know, you can handle that. Those days are gone. Those days are gone. The, 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 the paid on call and the uh, volunteer, I'll just wrap it up. I'll just connect it. I'll just say paid on call is um, those chiefs are busy. And what, from my discussion with many of them is the, the ones that are working eight to five and also fire chief in their community, they want to be there, but they are being burdened. The, the workload is becoming to a point where this isn't a part-time gig anymore. You've got occupational health and safety. you got all the provincial legislation. you got all these standards that they got to meet. And it's a lot of work. And you throw in the calls. You throw in, okay, you got to design training programs. you got to make your people happy. A lot of chiefs are, are getting burnt out or just quitting. So it's, it's a challenge to get them. And then what, you, what happens, and I'll throw this out because I've heard this so many times, it's like, who wants, we need a chief. Who wants to be chief? Uh, you've got some, you've got some mine rescue uh, training. Do you want to be chief? Well, I guess so if nobody else wants to be. So now you're getting chiefs that really don't know a lot about the standards, the NFPA standards, provincial legislation, you know, occupational health and safety, workman's comp, all that. And they're overwhelmed. It doesn't take long to overwhelm them. So it's, 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 it's a challenge right now on that. Then you throw in and from, and I'll throw on my consultants hat now is, is a lot of people that get elected to council have no idea. They have no idea what this profession requires today. And, and here's the, the, the big shocker that I use is I say, you know, five years ago, you could have got a pretty nice uh, custom chassis pumper for $600,000. I said that custom that custom chassis pumper today is like 1.2 million. They're going up 20% a year since COVID. Everything is blown right up, and and we as consultants need to be the bearer of bad news on that. <laughs> yes, like like a ladder truck is two million dollars. You tell a community that they need a ladder truck, and they're starting at two million dollars. They're looking at you like like you're crazy and go, no, no, this this is a deal. Get it for two million. So. There's a challenge on that because people go, where's the money? Where's the money? And it's all about planning. It's all about planning. And I think that's where we as consultants come in is we are able to help them and not break the bad news, but go, this is reality. This, this is reality. This is what the industry requires. So this is the cost. Like, and that's why it's important to have a plan. This profession is, is facing so many challenges right now that I think there's a really great opportunity to help, but it's also, it's, I, I think it's come to the crossroads. It's either we're going to make things better or it's going to go in reverse. And, and 
Reverse isn't an option in my mind. It's just it isn't. Anything without a plan isn't going to go in any direction, right? You you got to have a target. You got to be focused on that target, and you need to know where it goes. Yep. And you need to understand the implications. Fire safety. Exactly. You know, we, we've lost too many firefighters, including volunteers, um, to to be taking shortcuts. Exactly. And, and that includes training, equipment, um, etc. One of the things um, we tend to skip over uh, that, that you started to talk about um, is that firefighters, they have lives, right? Yeah. They have careers, particularly the, the volunteers or the paid on call. They have other jobs, they have full-time jobs or whatever. They have families, they have hobbies, they have other things going on. And then we try to expect them to put in hundreds of hours of training in a year on top of being able to, to respond 24 seven um, when they're needed. How do we find that balance uh, for the volunteers? Cause I think with our young people, a lot of them are saying, um, you know, I have a family and that's got to come first. Um, and it does. But how, so how do we get them to realize that they can also fit in um, this community service? You know, boy, you're asking some really good questions. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what I did. Um, because you're right. It's, it's, people are having families. People have lives. And we can't expect them to 365, 24-7 be on call and be ready to, to roll. I, I, I don't believe in that. I'll tell you why. I think that it will eventually catch up. And I think they'll burn out and they'll lose them forever. They'll never come back. They will leave bitter, angry. And so I don't want that. So I'll give you an example. We, we had a member who does have a young family. And um, our training was usually on Tuesdays. And he says, oh, my son's got, uh, I think it was soccer on Tuesdays. And for the next, it was going to be like five months. And he said, I won't, you know, it kind of puts me in conflict. I'm going, well, I need you. I said, how about this? I said, I'll run up past the group tonight. Uh, let's change from Tuesday to Wednesdays. I said, that way, would you be willing to come on a Tuesday and then take your son to soccer on Wednesday? He goes, yeah. I said, perfect. So I ran up past the group and everybody, nobody had a problem with it. So I said, so Wednesday's, Wednesday night, so now we're training night. So we did that for almost a year. And then I brought it up in January, this past January, should we go back to Tuesday? Everyone's come both Wednesday. Perfect. Works for me. I don't care what day we train, <laughs> you know, um, pick a day. So we as departments have to adjust to our people and we have to show that we're willing to adjust to them because if, if I said, no, Tuesdays are our night, I, I would have lost this guy for six months. That's, that's, I can't do that. That's not an option for me. So the other, the other part is, and, and this is so true, you know, I look back at this because when I retired, when I, when I introduced myself, I said, really, I retired, burnt out. I was, I, I was done. There was nothing left. Um, it's that mental health aspect. And, and, you know, 
in the profession, you can see a lot of bad stuff, a lot of bad stuff. And um, I, I think we need to let people get a rest from it for a while. So it's, it's, I'm just not a big fan of this 24, seven, 365. It's important. We need, we have people there, but if somebody says to me, Hey chief, I'm, I'm going this weekend and the next two weekends after that on camping trip with my friends. Okay. Okay. I would rather say, okay. And me work around it. than them go, you know, he's not even flexible. He doesn't even want me, you know, and it, because the truth is, if I have to pick over family or friends or the fire department, I'm probably going to pick the fun and be with my, my family and friends, right? So it, it, it's, it's such a challenge right now. It really is. It's, and, and that's why I try to focus on the retention aspect. The recruitment is difficult, yeah, but I'm, my goal is re retention. If I can get them in the door and show them that this is, this is a really cool thing to do, it's a really awesome thing to be a part of. And your reward is you feel good about yourself. You feel good about your team. You feel good about serving your community and you're having fun. They're going to come back. So I, I do a lot of more focus on the retention component. Les, um, known you for a number of years, always full of wisdom. Um, amazing to have you on our team. Uh, thank you so much for taking time this morning to to meet with us and to, to spread um, your wisdom. If anyone is, is looking, if anyone's looking for the next step, um, coffee cup uh, leadership um, is a, a great book to, to pick up. And it's one of those books, you know, it's small enough that I think a chief should go buy one for everybody. Yeah. If, if the chief is going to live by it themselves, and and just pass them out because it, it's a great spot to start um, that leadership journey. So, no, thanks, Cyril, for that. It's I've actually had got a couple emails from three chiefs already that that's exactly what they're doing. And th this book, it it is it's such a simple read. It really is, and and I poured my heart out into it. It's it's you can read it, and you can probably tell who I am as a person in that book. And, but it makes it makes you vulnerable too. I'm going, I was nervous. I was nervous and I was terrified when this thing went live on Amazon. I'm going, what are people going to think of me? You know, what, you know, fire chiefs are supposed to be, you know, this and that and have all the answers. And, and I'm going, well, boy, I'm really cracking this one open because that's a, that's a fallacy. And, uh, but the feedback has been amazing. And that's why I followed up with Coffee Cup Leadership Rules, the, the growth manual to go with it. And um, yeah, it, it is a simple read and feedback is a bit good. I'm, I'm humbled by it. And I'm just, um, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy that it's, it's, it's helping some people. It's going to help a, a lot of people in the future. Thank you for your time. Well, and this has been, this has been a blast and uh, thank you so much. I, I feel like I've been talking too much, but it's good. It's good. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Now, gentlemen, I appreciate you letting me sit in on, on this conversation. It's some very, very interesting stuff. Really insightful. And Les, again, thank you for sharing your insights with us today. I'm sure our audience will find great value in it as well. And on behalf of our host, Daryl Cully, uh, I'm Breck Lover, and this has been Conquering Chaos and Mayhem. Thanks for listening.